Hey, this is Keith Jones, the new president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers, and you're listening to Snow the Goalie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's over. The Kevin Hayes era is over. Pour one out for the most overpaid 3C in Flyers history. He is gone. Au revoir. Off to St. Louis. Welcome to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, the Players Podcast, the Prognosticators Podcast, the only Flyers podcast. I'm Russ Joy on Twitter, at Joy on Broad, and I'm joined as always by the man in the middle, Chris Terrian, who you can find on Twitter at CTerrian6, and the man on the right, Anthony Sanfilippo, who you can find on Twitter at AntSanPhilly. Gentlemen, we uh, we went back and forth this morning about are we going to do an episode before the draft or are we going to wait till after the draft? And I think we were on, kind of operating on if something big happens, we'll do one before, and if not, we'll wait till after, something big happened. Danny Briere executes a trade, not the trade that a lot of people were getting excited about, not the trade that Anthony had been reporting on for the past four or five days, not the trade that some other people had been kind of putting bits and pieces out that seemed legit, and also some of those people who are not legit, who did the thing that they usually do, and they look goofy today. But we're going to get into that on this episode. So uh, let me start off with Anthony, who's been chasing down the story of trade and trades for the last four or five days. Anthony, Kevin Hayes going to St. Louis, something that we've now known since that time was going to happen, but the rest of the deal did not happen. He's been traded for a sixth round pick. I want you to walk us through this and we're going to have to break it down. There's a lot to unpack about the process, but your initial reaction to Kevin Hayes being dealt for a sixth round pick. Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the, the, the flyers didn't get a ton back and they had to retain 50% of his salary just to get a sixth round pick in 2024. But let's be honest, there was no value for Kevin Hayes around the league at, at this juncture. And this was exacerbated by the fact that the Ryan Johansson trade to Colorado from Nashville set the market on dumping a, dumping a contract. The trade that they originally had in place was going to net them a first-round pick not that Travis Sanheim is worth a first round pick, but the fact was, was that the, the blues looked at it as we, we could get two players for next season, get rid of a contract we don't want in Tory Krug. Yeah. Right. And to do that, we have three first round picks. We'll move one of them. And so that was the deal that was worked out between army, Doug Armstrong and, and Danny Briere. The problem was, they didn't anticipate the uh, refusal to waive the no trade clause by Tory Krug, which is his right. If you work hard enough and, and play in a league long enough and become a, you know, to get that kind of clause in your contract, you should have the right to say no. That's you worked for it and you got it. Somebody gave it to you, you have that option. Um, they were not expecting that. So I think that's where, you know, they tried, Danny tried to work out something to flip him to another team. That didn't quite work out as well. Um, 
And so really they went back to square one. St. Louis couldn't take both contracts without giving up a contract. The Flyers didn't want a contract that they couldn't use that they, you know, that, you know, not, and I'm not certain that the blues even had one that they really wanted to give up. That was someone who was, didn't have a no trade clause or was not, you know, was willing to waive a no trade clause. And so it really kind of got to the point where, okay, well, we got to start this over. The blues still wanted Kevin Hayes, but they could, they weren't taking on that salary and they weren't giving up anything for him. Danny asked around the league, and there was not there was no appetite for taking on Kevin Hayes and his contract. And it's nothing against Hayes as a player. It's the contract is the issue. The contract is the problem, okay? That's the major problem. And so when you get to that point, you have to make a determination. What value is there with keeping a bad contract on a rebuilding team for – long enough that it would lead into a time where they think maybe they could start to get competitive and with a player who's going to hold up a spot that a younger player can take on and, and play those minutes. Why? And let's, let's clear it out. We'll save some cap space in the, in the, you know, next few years on the, on that because you're only paying 50% of it now instead of the entire hundred percent. And we can, and then we can also, you know, now reshape the leadership in the locker room, which is another thing. You you want the right people. If you're going to be building from the ground up, you want the right kind of personalities in there. And Kevin Hayes, great guy, everybody loves him, right? He's a fun time, but may, is probably not the kind of leadership person that you want molding a young group that's going to get together to try and win a Stanley Cup. And that's that's so I think you're, there's a lot of value there to say, let's just move on from the contract and go forward with it. And I know fans are going to be upset that they didn't get a lot for him. But that's that's the nature of this business. That's just what it is. These are there are good players who get moved for next to nothing because that's what their contract is valued, not necessarily their play, their play. And so that's how it kind of came to be. Look, there are other stuff going on, and we're going to talk about the D'Angelo trade and the, the wackiness of the NHL blocking that right now and, and how that's going to get over uh, taken care of. We're going to talk about what do you do now with Travis Sanheim. But when you look at this deal as it worked out, it's unfortunate that the Flyers could not get what they were originally planning on getting. But by itself, this is what it is. They wanted to dump that salary, and then they found a team willing to take that take on part of it and gave you a lottery ticket in return. Bundy, where do you and that's land basically on this? It. Yeah, pretty multi-layered. Uh, you know, I'm going to echo a little bit what Anthony said. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of voices that, that are going into this, and I think that the, everything that, you know, Anthony had presented and other people earlier in the week was true, uh, it, and it was a matter of getting a guy to waive his no-movement clause. Uh, and that, you know, those are things that we're not used to here in Philly. Uh, we're just not used to somebody saying, I'm not going to waive my no trade or no movement to go to the Flyers. Like that's kind of foreign thinking in a lot of ways. It's also tells about the, the, the sign of the times. There's so many reasons why Philly would be attractive to any player. One of them would be travel for an aging player is a huge thing. Uh, you know, you're in this division, so it makes a little bit of sense. You're on a rebuild with the right people uh, in the fray that have the right mindset and the right part of what they want to build. And Danny has a vision, you know, like that's, 
part of what a guy does as a GM is you have a vision of what you want. Now, whether you, whether or not it's what everybody else wants or someone, everyone's going to bark at, at what someone's vision is anyway, whether you like it or not, or it's great, there's going to be somebody who's going to detract against it. But you have to believe in what Danny's doing, and he has to believe in himself. So, you know, right away, uh, he needed to get rid of some, some people that I don't want to say were called malcontents. Um, Provorov, I guess, in a certain sense, perhaps was, you know, when I went to the Flyers alumni tournament on Monday, people speak, right? Lips start to to sing a little bit louder than they did last week than they would have if a guy was still here. And you hear some stuff that went on in the room, stuff we've talked about. And, and you, it makes sense that that's somebody you needed to move on from. Um, I don't want to say, you know, Kevin Hayes, you're right, Anthony, he's a likable guy. But that's not after what we just witnessed with him and Tortorella for the year. I mean, it was on and off like a roller coaster. It started at the beginning of the year, and then it got a little better for a while, and he went back down south again, and Torts just pounded on him and continued to do so. And that's hard on a on a veteran player that probably thinks more of himself than the coach did. Uh, but at the same time, you can't have you couldn't have him moving into the future with this team. Uh, that's one of the guys. I mean, if you had to just dump salary, just from a standpoint of that was a Chuck signing, uh, first year, you got to go. I mean, you got to go. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, everybody comes in, the GM brings his new coaches in, and, you know, people say, oh, poor guy got fired. Well, that's what happens with turnover. And and you know what? I said on Twitter a couple hours ago, I saw some people, and, and actually I, I, I tend to stay away from a lot of the drafts and stuff in the summer because I get over – Overmodulated with too many players and names and everything, uh, but I felt like I wanted to come on because I saw some of the negativity surrounding this trade from some of the. I know it's Flyers Twitter and it goes off sometimes and it, it's it can be epic and it's big and loud and proud and and all that. But yeah, again, I just want people to understand that this was a guy they had to move. They they they've been wanting to move for a while, and certainly Danny at the end of the year probably had a plan in place. But uh, just interesting though that uh, you know a guy a guy didn't uh, waive that no movement clause to come here. And as Anthony said, that's absolutely his right. He earned that contract. Uh, but what I'm telling people to do is when you see moves like this right now, just have patience with them. Uh, just trust, the, you know, there's a new GM and, you know, there's a new new regime. Give them a chance, you know, and a, and a chance means two or three years, you know, to give to, to, to let that vision shine out to the public and, and people see the changes happening. It's not going to happen overnight. Like you're not going to get a Kevin Hayes. You're not going to flip them for a player. You know, if you could have easily said to St. Louis, hey, we'll we'll take half the salary. We'll just give them to you. If that was done, they would have done that. But I don't think that that's legal by the rules of the league unless you do a waiver. But that's really where they are. And believe it or not, guys, there's other players that you might think have value. And I don't know if it's just the way the league is, Anthony. You may notice uh, things too. But, you know, I've heard even from outside sources that Sandheim's value wasn't as high as, he, as, as some people around the league would have expected either. Um, you know, it's tough when you, and I think the most attractive thing about Sanheim though, is the fact that he's a big, uh, rangy you know, skate, good skating defenseman. And you're looking at that saying, well, what if contracts keep getting crazier and crazier? And then, you know, for a guy that you project as a top two or four, you know, in that, that range, our guy's going to start making $10 million a year in four mm-hmm. years you know, when the cap goes up. So you may have a guy like Armstrong saying, hey, we think we have something we can salvage here. So there's another part to the whole Sandheim thing too. It's not like he's dead weight. But again, I think the contract's too big. I think it's too long. There's too much term. And if you can get someone to bite on that fish, uh, that fish uh, lure, go ahead, man. Do what you got to do. As I said, begin in, 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 towards the end of the year, even all year, there's nobody on this team that should feel safe uh, in remaining here. 
going into the future, unless you're a young guy that has some potential. But if you're somebody just kind of in the middle and you're not really sure what you're going to bring to the future of this team, the way it's being constructed, uh, then you should be completely open and understand that you're a fair game to be moved. And uh, that's the way, way it is. But I do think there's a shift uh, because of the cap. And I think that matching numbers is a very difficult thing to do. Uh, it's a very trying thing to do, I think. And it's a matter uh, of, of finding people that are willing to do it. The other part of that, Anthony, we didn't talk about was I think Danny was probably also exploring Tory Krug and flipping him, right? If he came and then mm-hmm. another destination that he maybe wanted that wasn't Philadelphia to try to make the trade happen. I don't think that that trade's dead in the water, but the one thing we haven't also talked about is they're running out of time before Sanheim can then flip the switch on, a no, on, a on, no, a on, on his no trade and no movement. So there's yeah. a lot of multifaceted, multi-layered things that are going into this. Anthony is truly the expert on it. Uh, I just felt like I needed to chime in here tonight because uh, I know Danny's doing a great job, and it's it's what I called for. So I'm not going to sit here and, and say anything but positive stuff because I've called for change Guys, five years ago, it should have started happening. Uh, instead, you've got a guy here now, unfortunately for Danny in the pro- uh, previous regime, he's got his hands tied a little bit. You know, he's got his hands tied, and uh, it, it's making things interesting. Um, but, you know, uh, Danny does have the draft this weekend, and I expect there will be some pretty interesting stuff going on there. Uh, he does have his hands well. Yeah. Russ, r- r- real quick, if you could, um, pull up a comment from Joe Fisher at 718. Uh, there's one other little little item that we didn't that neither Bundy or I mentioned related to this. Um, yeah, uh, the Flyers needed cap space, and I think that that's why nobody came back. And that's important. I want to I want to point that out that that he's exactly right with that. Um, if they were making the deal and it included Sanheim in the deal, they had to take salary back, right? And that was what Krug was okay in without Sanheim being part of the deal the Flyers have no interest in taking back more more salary because they're already retaining 50 percent of Hayes and that's another note if that if Sanheim was part of the deal they weren't retaining 50 percent on Hayes it was probably going to be I don't have the exact number but it was probably going to be somewhere around 30 yeah okay so they've been retaining less money on Hayes if Sanheim was in the deal so they did not want to take a contract back. I'm sure St. Louis was looking to get rid of somebody, right, to take on that that Kevin Hayes thing. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was somebody like a, for example, like a Scandella, for example, right? You know, Marco Scandella, who was uh, another Chuck stop, Fletcher guy stop. from Minnesota way back when, right? But I'm just saying something along those lines, and I don't have that. That's just a spe- that saying that name is a speculation. Nobody gave me that um, as a as something that was discussed. But, um, but the Flyers didn't want to do that because they want to leave the space there over not just for this season, but over the next three seasons to be able to do the things that they need to do. Um, and I know that there's a few people – worried about well what if st louis buys him out and then you're you lose one of your retention possibilities for six years instead of three years let me say this if you're worried about a team being able to retain salary six years from now right like the team should be out of out of you hope out of the the basement and out of the doldrums by six years from now that is not an issue. I know everybody got fired up because, you know, Arizona got dinged on uh, Oliver Ekman Larson when Vancouver bought him out the other day. And now Arizona has to, oh, well, they got to, they lose a retention for eight years now. Well, Arizona sucks and they're going to, and they always suck, to suck, right? And, and so 
they will continue. So, so basically, I can understand why you would be concerned if you're an Arizona fan. But the thing here is, is the, the plan that they're putting in place is not to say, oh, well, we're going to be bad for six years. So it doesn't matter. The, the point is, is that if you're if you're worried about that down the road, you're not going to be looking to retain salaries in six years. In six years, you're hoping to be contending for a Stanley Cup. Right. What, so if Kevin Hayes gets bought out, what the hell's the difference? You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't think he's no. going to get bought out no. after one year in St. Louis. Okay, so that's just a that's a that's a reach too. But at the real at the same time, who can You're not going to be looking to retain three salaries in five, in years four, five, and six of this plan. So it doesn't make a difference. If you know, really quick, we have almost 400 out. people right now streaming concurrently across all platforms. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. On all the Snow the Goalie channels. I think it's also going through my Twitter as well. Um, if you're watching this and you know other Flyers fans who want some level-headed analysis of what's going on, and we'll be getting to the draft in a, in a few minutes, be sure to you know be sure to share them a link to the live stream, or then after the fact, you know the the YouTube channel is really where we want to push a lot of people. And you know, kudos to all of you out there. We went from under a thousand subscribers to almost thirteen hundred, I think, or almost twelve hundred or something going into tonight's episode. So. Big thank you to all of you. There's a lot of comments. We can't get to them all. We'll try to parse some of them. Um, there, there are a couple of things that we didn't touch on with the Hayes deal that I think need to be aired out a little bit. One is a big concern. One isn't. Um, one concern, and I don't know what this is in reference to, but I appreciate the fact that Feeble-Minded Brother says that uh, we're a podcast that isn't an insufferable group of bird brains begging for coins. I don't know what that means, but I appreciate it. We're not begging for coins. Maybe at some point, but not yet. Not yet. Um, <laughs> Kevin Hayes was not long for this world. He was not long for this team. This team has actively looked at potentially dealing him for a, a period of time. This is easily, and this this and the Sanheim contracts, uh, it, it's fitting that the Chuck Fletcher big contract to a defenseman before he'd ever played a game for John Tortorella, and that's the Sanheim deal that, was probably an at-market or over-market price for Travis Sanheim in terms of AAV and the eight-year term, plus a no-trade clause. It was a, a dog-shit contract from day one, and it I don't care how many years you want to look down the line and say, hey, you know the, the cap is eventually going to go up. I, I don't care. It's a bad deal. It was a bad deal from the time it was signed because he had never played a game for John Tortorella, who you've given an incredible amount of voice in the construction of this team and the direction of the roster, and... I want to get to that in a second because I, I don't think that that's exactly perfect. I think we're seeing that now. But it's fitting that the Sanheim deal is one that you're trying to move off of mere months after your former GM, who you let spend all of last year in power, uh, sign him to that deal. The Kevin Hayes deal was always a bad one. Anthony, this goes back to even before Bundy was on the show. You and I talked about it from day one. We said that Kevin Hayes is at best a two and a half C. He's a two C on a bad team, a three C on a good team. And at that time, it was maybe he's going to push Nolan Patrick and you're going to hope that Nolan Patrick becomes the two C like that was the entire thought process around it. Give a buffer so that Nolan Patrick isn't thrust into a role. He's not ready for but it was always an overpay. It was always a bad contract and it's fitting that that is finally done. I know that there are people who are upset that it was a sixth round pick. There are some people who have argued that it should have been a second round pick or a third round because you're retaining 50% of the salary. That's not living in the real world. It's not living in this bullshit NHL world of the hard, you know, flat cap that just will not move, despite the fact that every other professional sports league that has a cap continues to raise that cap year over year. Gary Bettman's NHL refuses to do so and, you know, cries poor. 
great swell. But that is why you're going to start seeing players like a Kevin Hayes be moved for less than you expect. It's going to be, once again, why it's going to be hard to move players without having like-for-like like salary. It, it, it is a legitimate problem, and it's going to be a growth problem for this league if they don't rectify it. But here's my problem. John Tortorella. I've said it since he was hired. You have to be careful because you have to determine how long John Tortorella is going to be the head coach of the team and how much voice you're willing to give him. And time after time, this organization has gone so far as to say he's the spiritual leader of the, of the team and of the organization. And that's fine if that's the way you want to go. But John Tortorella, and to some extent Chuck Fletcher, but really John Tortorella is largely to blame for what has happened to the stock of Kevin Hayes and in some way what has happened to the stock of Travis Sanheim. And the Hayes thing is a big deal because when you bench a player multiple times, when you strip them of the A on their sweater, when you are, I don't know, like think back to when he was selected to the All-Star team. We said probably should have been Konechny. Hayes has been in the doghouse. You're inherently going to cause a problem in terms of trade value. And maybe it didn't matter at the time because Chuck Fletcher thought he was going to have another year in this job and he never anticipated on trading Kevin Hayes this offseason. But when you make that kind of move, when you allow your coach the autonomy to sit down a big money guy that anybody with a brain knew you were going to have to try to deal in the offseason, it could do irreparable damage. I think that's what happened here. I think that's a big part of it. The, yes, the AAV is bad. The term is bad. But it, it doesn't help. Hayes was having a good year to the midpoint of the season. He was producing points. A good GM would have thought to try to move off of him while his stock was at an all-time high. It didn't happen. Tortorella benches him, kind of shreds him in the media, passively shreds him. So much so that when you saw the statement that Hayes' agent released today, it, it did not in any way, shape, or form sound glowing about his experience with John Tortorella. Said that things went sideways in December and also noted that in St. Louis they have a good team, but they also have a good coach. And I think that was a calculated move. And I, I do have a bit of a worry about you let Tortorella do this stuff. You better hope that he's going to work better with Briere, that he doesn't tank the future value of another player going into next season. It's my only concern. I'm going to I'm going to offer a slight rebuttal ahead, to you, Anthony. Russell. Go ahead, Anthony. On this. Um <laughs> So, if you have a player who is not playing up to up to the level that you want him to play as a coach, are you supposed to just let it go? Are you supposed to just continue to just eh, just play him? You know, let I, it be. I was going to say, Anthony, too, you're right. But when he before he came here, right, like why did everyone assume that it would be Kevin Hayes who would be in the doghouse? Like everyone would be like, because well, that's, that's what, what he's been. been. He's a guy that yeah. doesn't go full bore in the D zone. Yeah. Yeah. Right? He's not going to lay – I don't know if he's going to lay like lay down in the, in the most dire moments and take one for the team where you end up missing six weeks. Like, I'm not calling him a soft or anything. I'm just saying is that why before he even came here – and I'm sorry for cutting you off, Anthony. No, no, no. You right. all just assume that this would be the way it would end. And when Torts got here, it's like we knew that was the way it would end. Even yeah, the yeah. hockey world knew. It's not like it was a big secret, right? Like, I'm not saying it out of line. He's a good guy, Kevin Hayes. He's a good person. He's a good guy. He's gone through a lot in a couple of years. I've lost a sibling. It sucks. It stinks. Um, 
But again, it's what you, it doesn't matter. It's what you do on the ice and the extra that you do and the stuff that you show what you're going to be able to commit yep. to the younger guys. If you can't, if you're a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, guy with that kind of skill, you should be killing penalties. Like You should be out there a minute and a half with that kind of size. I used to watch Lindros and Primo kill penalties. These guys were fucking machines. They were animals when they killed penalties. And I got the word. In. Are people there. tweeting about how they were hoping that you'd be on the show just so they can get a Bundy F-bomb? I, I don't think anybody had – I think the over-under was eight minutes, and we're at 26. That was, that was something. I'm just being honest about about where guys are. Oh, yeah. Super skilled dude up the middle at the top line, and you better be doing something else that's going to make your coach say after the game, hey, you know what? He didn't get a point tonight, but geez, he worked his nuts off out there, killed penalties, and he made a difference defensively. That block shot saved the game. Did we hear that at all all year? Have we ever heard that? No. Anthony, yeah. sorry for cutting me off. But I no, think no, that's to- totally fine. Totally fine. And, 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 and to that point, Bundy, is, and this is what – to me makes it important that that torts is this kind of and look and I, I don't think Tortorella is a perfect coach by any stretch of the imagination. I don't want anyone to think that by me what saying what I'm about to say defends him and says that he's great. But here's the thing. You can't have that player and that style of player around a team that is building from the bottom that is going to have all of these young kids play next year, okay? And you, there's going to be an expectation that Tortorella, as the coach, is going to have, and he's going to try and create that as almost like a culture that this is how you play. Win or lose, no matter how much, you're, how much we're losing, you're going to play your balls off every game, and this is what you're going to, the way you're going to play. And you can't have an exception. And if you have the guy, and if if so, if you make an a um, uh, if you make him the poster child and say, look, here's a here's a here's a star pl- star player, all star for this team, making seven million dollars, and I'm benching his ass because he's not doing a good enough job. If you're a 23 year old who just came up from the minor leagues, what what are you thinking? You're thinking, oh shit, I better not do that too. So I don't think he tanked. Kevin Hayes's value at all. In fact, I think this is a good thing for the Flyers because what you did is you basically just said, here's a lazy player. I don't accept lazy players. And we got rid of a lazy player. Do you want to play for this team? Don't be a lazy player. That's what John Tortorella did. And that, look, you're not getting, I mean, I understand he said, wow, we should get more for a 52 point player who went to the all-star game. He wasn't even the all-star on this team. Travis Konechny was okay, but they did, they did him a solid and they gave him the all-star berth. That's great. Okay. But he was not the guy for this organization. And so you can't sit there and just continue to let him play at a level that is certainly not acceptable. Okay. Game in and game out. And say no worries. We'll keep carrying that contract. We'll wait until somebody's willing to give us more. Yeah, just keep having him hang around. What does that say to these young guys that you want to come in here and play? I don't think that they, I don't think it does any good, Russ. It does the, no good. So you can blame Torts all you want for saying that's why the Flyers got a sixth round pick. But the fact of the matter is, is the Flyers are in a better position today than they were than they were yesterday. Because they got rid of Kevin Hayes and they got rid of half of his contract. Nobody's disputing that. That's it. But yeah, but like either. there's, I don't think right. anybody's yeah. disputing that it's a, a good thing that he's gone. But like, and 
be real. Hayes was a point per game guy up through November, December. December. For it's a shit a team, Russ. And, and it's this still is like a. It's like that somebody's got to lead a team. He was scoring. still a point per game player in this league. Some teams need help at center. Some player or some teams need help at wing. He was a point per game guy roughly through November. December fell off. Jumped back up in January. This is where if you're going to give your coach the voice, right? It was very clear that he had fallen out with Kevin Hayes. And the GM and president at the time did nothing about it. And I know it's hard to move salary during the season, but John Tortorella was hired June 16th of last year. And to Bundy's point, we all knew from the time that Tortorella got hired, Hayes was going to be number one on the hit list. They had an entire offseason last year to try to find a partner, to try to find somebody to trade for this contract. And here's what makes it worse, Dan. And I don't know if you actually knew the terms to the deal or not, but when we talked around the trade deadline and my hair was on fire because Kevin Hayes was still here, you said, well, Chuck has a deal in his mind with Columbus to, to unite Kevin Hayes yeah, with Johnny Gaudreau. But Columbus wasn't interested in that mm -hmm. deal. And there were two reasons for it. One, they didn't want to pay for him. And two, they were actively trying to tank. And Kevin Hayes, despite the fact that he's aloof and is viewed by many to be kind of lazy, that, that's, that's not going to no, help. No, no, what? Ross, you're, off, you're off on this. You're off on this. It, the, they had a deal... It was not no, I know it was. It was for the, the off season because and I screamed at you because I said yeah. that's absolutely insane to once again allow Chuck Fletcher to have the trade deadline and then to look at it and say, well, it's okay. Have it. Have a. Have a. Have a potential. Have a potential, potential trade lined here, up Russ. for the off season. That's insane. You're not going to relitigate. You're not going to relitigate Chuck Fletcher here. And the reason it ends up not going to Columbus is because it's not Chuck Fletcher anymore. It's Danny Briere, and Briere has a different approach to what he wanted to do. Right. Yeah, I like how I like how Bundy's like watching a tennis. I just want to right know now. how many GMs in the league spend the trade deadline lining up their off-season deals. I just want to know a well, lot. A, a, that, a that's lot. totally fine. A lot. That's great. When you're when when you're a lot a team that it. has a GM and a president that should be on his way out, like this team was, you shouldn't be allowing that guy to negotiate potential deals for the summer. It's silly. It's nonsensical. Okay, but, the, so Russ, yeah, but again, do we want to sit here and have another conversation about the fact that the Flyers were poorly managed by Dave Scott? The organization was poorly run by Dave Scott and Chuck Fletcher was a shitty general manager? We're well past that at this point. We're well past it. This is Briere undoing everything that was wrong that was set up here over the past eight years. That's all. I mean, I don't, I don't understand why this is such a bad thing. I think that this is... This is absolutely the right thing to do. It's, it's great that he's gone. I'm way. saying that you probably could have been in a better position to have traded him last offseason or perhaps while he was putting up a point per game. Sure, hey, by the way, could have traded, does it help? So just just in, in general, does it? Like he actually had everyone believe we were last year, like we were going to be a good Question, playoff how, team. How often? Like, remember that, said he said something like, or "You're going to be surprised." How often Don't, historically you know, has it helped to take a guy that's being paid to see money as a center and allow your coach to play him at wing for for large chunks of the season? When does that ever help trade value? But what, we're not talking about helping trade value here. We're talking no. about Drew. We're not. We're not talking. No, no. We're not it's talking about helping trade. Going to the wing. Let, 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 let's clear one more thing up here, Russ, because I and I don't want to move forward because I, I I get I get really annoyed sometimes when we constantly look back. The the thing is is that 
John Tortorella, and he said it on December 2nd or 3rd, whatever that date was when they had, they both had the same press conference on the same day and said opposite things. That's when the day John Tortorella told you that we were rebuilding, that we were not at the, we were not at the foundation, we were at the footers. And that, you know, and that's the same day that Chuck Fletcher said, well, we're only five points out of a playoff spot, right? So, but John Tortorella told you then that this was a, this was all about getting this team ready for the future. And finding out who was going to be part of that team in the future and who was not going to be part of that team in the future. And Kevin Hayes, it was determined soon thereafter, was not going to be part of that team in the future. And that's all there was to it. That's it. That's what the season was about. And Tortorella knew it. This yeah. wasn't this wasn't he wasn't tanking anybody's value. He was putting the the mindset in place. And that's why, and Bundy's even said it earlier in other shows, in other shows in this about this team. Last year's team, they would get down three to one, four to one, and they would lose eight to two. This year's team would get down three to one, four to one, and they would lose five to four in overtime. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. That's the difference that the coach makes, and and and, and so that's instilling that kind of mentality in your players. Kevin Hayes was not bought into that. Okay, and that's why he's gone, and that's why you had to get rid of him when you got rid of him. Torts knew at the end of October or at the end of training camp last year that Kevin Hayes wouldn't be part of the team next year. He knew that. Yeah. I mean, it was it was almost like you know going in that I'm a first year coach. I got to live with what I got to live with because it's the only thing a management has on a new coach with players is the first year because he just comes in and coaches. Most coaches actually wean their way in and kind of waddle in a little bit. No, not Torso. He came out with like a couple bazookas right away. Like he wasn't having none of it. And we knew he would. We knew he would. Like we said, he's not going to, he's going to basically immediately, we laid out exactly how the year would go. They would be scared at the beginning of the new coach. They'd have a good start and then things would settle in. Danny's doing exactly what Danny needs to do as a new GM. Uh, He's putting his signature move on on stuff, but he's got to get, he's got to dump. He's got to dump bodies. He's got to dump salaries. And he's got to dump internal problems that they might look at. Whether or not Kevin Hayes or, or Provorov is or isn't, whatever people, how they view it, that's what he has to do. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to look at the first two moves he's made. Uh, I think speak a pretty tell Hayes and Provorov are problems in their own way. Uh, <laughs> speaking of somebody who's been viewed by the public as a problem, uh, Tony D'Angelo was rumored to be... Oh, oh I thought you were going to talk about me. No, not that. <laughs> I don't know shit about so, at Tony, all. So Tony Anthony D'Angelo, you, rumored to be going back to the Carolina Hurricanes. It's a thing that we talked about around the trade deadline. Um, it, it's always kind of felt like Carolina only let him go, one, because Chuck was an idiot and traded way too much for his, his rights, and two, because they didn't feel like he was worth the contract that the Flyers were willing to give him. But the door was always going to be open if the Flyers were willing to eat some of the salary and Carolina could still end up with the player at the value they thought he'd be at. And here we are a year later, a year after he signed Tony D'Angelo, could he be traded to Carolina? And it was a, it was a deal that supposedly was going to go down over the last few days. There was one thing that happened. The NHL stepped in and the NHL raised a, raised a a bit of a, of a fracas over it, a ruckus. They're not happy because they believe that the Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes are circumventing the CBA and that they're they're not playing nicely. Anthony, break down for the people why uh, they're not doing that. And also, how does the NHL exactly rationalize the, the notion that a guy who was signed by a prior executive cannot now be traded within a year by the guy who took over for him? 
Fletcher signed D'Angelo, but Briere's not allowed to trade him within a year because the NHL has their feelings there. Can you explain that to everyone? So it's even more comp- uh, more simple than that, Russ. I mean, it's it's not just about the fact that this was Chuck Fletcher's deal and now it's Danny Briere. I mean, yes, that's that's part of it too. I think that the NHL is is kind of misinterpreting their own rule. Okay, the the reason that the rule is in place is because they don't want teams to look at a player's contract that they gave them and say, we're having buyer's remorse. Let's move on from them for a year, but then we'll get them back at at a lesser number from another team who's willing to retain the money. Okay, that's so it's basically kind of preventing collusion and and, uh, you know, ways circumventing the salary cap. Where the the league is wrong, and both the Flyers and the and the Hurricanes are right here, is they tr- the Hurricanes traded his rights mm-hmm. to the Flyers. They didn't trade the contract to the Flyers. The Flyers then signed him to that contract, and they're now trading him back to Carolina, retaining money that they offered him, not money that Carolina originally had given him. So the league is really I, I don't understand where the league is with this to say, oh, well, you know, you can't retain money on the contract because a player was just traded a year ago from that team. It's not the case. Now, yeah, and and secondarily, like you said, you were right about this, is that, you know, the guy that's trading him is Danny Briere, and he didn't even offer him the contract was signed by Chuck Fletcher. I think that the the league has said that they're going to talk to the Flyers this week while they're down in Nashville for the draft. Hopefully that can be resolved and figured out and then you know they can just kind of move on what i can tell you is is that this is not involving any draft picks in in the draft you know the next two days so there's nothing that's like really pressing to get it done before the draft starts um but there is kind of a, a belief that maybe they should still try and get it done before free agency kicks in this weekend because you never know what can happen come free agency you never know if a player suddenly becomes available you know another trade becomes available and then maybe carolina goes hey eh, you know what instead of tony d'angelo we'd rather have so and so so that's why you want to kind of get the deal done now it, at worst case scenario the worst case scenario is he's allowed to be traded back to carolina on july 9th via the rules that are currently in place. And so assuming no other trickery happens as far as as Carolina finding somebody else that they would prefer over Tony D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo is going to be traded to uh, to the Carolina Hurricanes for a prospect who I don't want to mention his name just in case he hasn't been told yet by the by the hurricanes uh you don't want to be the the people putting that information out right um but i do know who it is and you uh, write it down um, on a piece of paper and then show bundy and i after the show and we'll confirm uh on the next episode if you're full of shit or not let's just yeah here here you know why don't you just text us no we no don't don't put it out to the public i'll throw it no i'll throw a clue out to the public too I'll throw a clue out to the public. I just don't want to. I just don't want to say the name and as if I'm reporting it. Just it's you know if, if you when you see the name you, you think oh yeah, totally Philly. Totally, he's got a totally Philly name. A totally Philly name. All right, so we're gonna. I'll text it. I'll, I'll, I'll text All right, so intrepid, to intrepid viewers of Snow the Goalie, those of you, the 500 plus of you right now across YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter who are all watching together. 
Um, go scour the Carolina Hurricanes uh, prospect pool and find somebody with a very Philly name. I'm going to text it to you right now, and you guys okay. both look at this on your phone and tell me that this isn't okay. a total Philly. Somebody name already. I think somebody already guys. got it. You tell me. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, and uh, no, I'm, I'm saying there are, yeah. I, I got a few. I already got a few DMs. <laughs> I got a few people. Am I right? Who just DM'd me? I shit you not. <laughs> who sent? Who sent the name? That was like that was too good of a clue. Man. All right. Anyway. So, so D'Angelo, yeah, the worst. Somebody get an aggregator right now to uh, to put that together. So Anthony Sanfilippo, fake news. Put, Ant, put, up, San put up Eric H. Ant put up Eric reporting H. fake news again. Just, Ross, put up Eric H's right, thing. On. That's uh, fantastic. Just glad that the NHL is John McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's fantastic. you're saying d'angelo is going to be dealt it's just a matter of time it's it's not a matter of if it's a it's a when correct like that that's that's the, okay yes yes i mean he's not he's definitely so not going to be here if we year. let's just put it that way and they are by the way they are retaining 50 percent okay. of that salary too salary retention but this know, is the thing much, too salary retention doesn't there. matter when you're in a rebuild the people who the people who are getting pissed off about correct. it it's like we, we've been Bundy and I especially have been calling for this for two two plus years now. Like, just tear it down to the studs, find the players that you can actually build around. The rest of it doesn't matter. I'll go even crazier. I'm totally fine if conceptually this team wants to go trade a few more big contracts and then take on a couple that have two or three years left, so you can get a draft asset. So let's let's go to that. The Sanheim part of the Blues deal was. You're getting a first not because uh, Travis Sanheim is worth a first. It's because you're taking on four years of Tory Crew. Since that's not happening, that pick isn't there. And and and, and they're and Kevin taking Hayes. That's right. Kevin Hayes, and they would have been taking him at seven, and they would be taking. They would have been getting seventy percent of that contract, not not fifty percent. Right. All right, so you, you take all that yeah. and you say, all right, the the team is clearly trying to gain draft capital beyond the seventh overall pick. They want to get back into the first round. And and you wrote about the fact that, you know, like a, a Mishkov could be in play. Maybe they want to try to get themselves in striking distance at number four, number five, to try to go up and, and get Mishkov. It seems a little bit strange that that's making the rounds like it is. There are questions about, is this a now a smoke screen or are they actually interested? But if, if we're to believe that they want to move up to four or five for any player, are there any contracts that you can think of right now off the top of your head, that a team with a, let's say a pick in the, the high 20s, 20, 21, 22, somewhere around there, there's a contract that one of those teams would want to get off so that they could use that cap space perhaps to fortify their team because presumably they're a playoff contender with Stanley Cup God, aspirations. God. Is Well, Lawton would make sense to trade to get that that pick. I'm thinking more of the salary dump aspect yeah, of this, or if you're going to send Lawton out, what a contract that's going to come God. back. Anthony, what were there? There were like three or four teams that have been interested in Lawton for a long time. I think there were a couple out west, and there there was at least one team on the east coast that that was interested. I don't expect you to like pull the names out of your keister here on who they could trade back. But do you think that this is going to now maybe push the Flyers to make a Scott Lawton trade where they otherwise might not have wanted to, or to consider a Konechny trade because they want that asset to go up? and try to get elite talent or potential elite talent high in this draft? So I think it's more than this. It's more like this, Russ. I think that Briere wants another first-round pick to fend off Washington 
from jumping up. Okay. The Capitals are interested in Mishkov as well. Um, and the, I know the Flyers met with Mishkov and his family today in Nashville. Um, and assuming everything went well there and there wasn't any red flag that went up. And again, I haven't heard anything to say that, to say that that is still going to be their target. Now I'm personally not convinced that Mishkov's available at five, which is where you're talking about going. Cause Montreal is the one that the team that I think people recognize is where you would, you know, have to get to, to make yeah. this, to make this deal happen. Um, I'm not convinced he's getting there. I, I, I'm not certain if, you know, I know the Ducks are probably going to take Fantilli. Columbus is the wild card for me. I think that the Blue Jackets could surprise everybody and, yeah. and not go Carlson um, or, or Will Smith and maybe surprise everyone and, and go with Mishkov or be willing to move out of that spot. And go for it, right? So, so you want to be able. Danny wants to be able to have as much ammunition as possible to outbid the Capitals or and maybe any even any other team, right? To get to that spot to get Mishkov. That's why he wants another first round pick. I have a feeling, Anthony, that this Mishkov, by the time it's said and done, because of the Yager situation in my draft year in nineteen ninety, yeah, I have a feeling this Mishkov's going to have going second. Or third. He could. Yeah, I think he I could. think he's gonna. Yeah. He, I think by the time it's done, he may end up going second. Yeah, I realize. I looked at it. I, I haven't heard that from an agent or anybody. It just, but I have a feeling there's just. It just doesn't feel like the world we're living in that they're gonna pass up that kind of a talent where he's gonna slide down to, past the the five. I just can't imagine the pressure Montreal would face in that spot. Unless they could, they're the fifth, right? Montreal's yeah. picking five. Yep. From, uh, Montreal's five, yeah. yeah I, I, even them, like they, they've had a um, a willingness to dra- uh, to draft uh, Europeans, a, a Russian. Uh, I think they a couple uh, last. They took the number one pick was a uh, uh, European born. Um, he's still developing, young kid, but he'll be a good one. But so I, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see him getting past that fifth spot. I just, and I don't even see him getting past the third one. Unless there's really well, it's, it's, odd stuff going on. That's, that's been the thing, right? Because even going into this draft, right? Like a couple of years back when Mishka was really like getting on the radar, the thought was in any other year, he would have been the number one overall pick. Bedard is just that good and also is going to be immediately available. And it seems like the thing, be, besides the fact that Bedard is so good, is the thought that like Mishka might be two or three years down the line. That's where you start getting into that idea of like, if you're a new GM, like a Danny Briere, and you have a few years that you can you can take that swing on the potential high talent and know that you'll be in your job for a few years versus a guy who might be up against it. That that's where that, that kind of plays. He, he has the talent to be taken number two overall. Um, I want to point out, this is where having the live comments is always great. Max Miller said, Yarmo said they're picking a, uh, a center. Uh, and then there was, he did. He did. He did today. On, there, there was yeah. also, hold on. I'm sorry. I don't mean things. to interrupt you, but there were a couple of reports out there uh, here. Dennis Bernstein and Pinata both said that Columbus and San Jose didn't get a meeting with Mishkov. So, correct. And, and then Kyle Elliott, uh, yes. an astute point here, Herman so, Rubsov should pan out any year. Now. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, but no, what I was going to, what I was going to say is, is yes, those, those reports are accurate. Um, but that, that just because Yarmo says they're going to draft a center doesn't mean right? <laughs> doesn't one doesn't mean they're going to draft a center, and two, 
even if he's being honest and saying what he's saying is true, doesn't mean he's not trading out of three, you know, to, to draft that center. He could still draft that center, but not at three, right? So maybe maybe that's part of it. Um, and, and then secondly, just because you didn't meet with the player doesn't mean you can't draft the player. Just saying. I mean, so like, yeah, yeah, those things can happen, right? But, but you know, uh, still, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. I think I, I look. He's first on their list in my from what I can from what I can gather. Uh, they do have a couple other names, but he's he's the guy that they want that Danny wants to get, and he wants to make sure he has the assets to get them. Um, and real quick on this on the Sanheim thing, I know that everybody was talking about Winnipeg. They were one of the teams that were interested, and they certainly were. But they're not giving up 18 straight up for for there you go. Uh, Philip for Albert Sanheim. says Winnipeg has 18. Can we take on Blake Wheeler's yeah. uh, contract and trade Sanheim? I still don't think that that's gonna. I still don't think that does it. I still don't think Winnipeg goes. Oh, okay. Now we'll give up. We don't want. We don't think Sanheim's worth a first round pick. Oh, but you're gonna take a bad salary from us too. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll now we'll give you the first round pick for Travis Sanheim. No, I, I don't think so. I, can you potentially give them something else and get 18? Yeah, maybe if you can give them another NHL player that they like, then maybe you can get 18 much in the same way that they were going to get the draft pick from St. Louis for Hayes and Sanheim. If you're going to give up two NHL players, then maybe Winnipeg gives you that. But I, I had heard that 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 you know that just was not going to happen that they you know that whole situation kind of cooled off there are teams interested but not enough answer to this first round Se- pick. stephanie coughlin says is this yes. really worth trading multiple first round picks tomorrow to obtain i'd say yes he's considered he's considered the best russian prospect since ovechkin and i talked to two scouts one a while ago but one recently who said second best player in this draft hands down, and it's not close. So if you're going to get a generational star player, then yes, it's worth moving moving multiple first-round picks for to get him because that will be a better player than and, two guys and further down your or line. Than 7 and 18. I agree. I agree. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Listen, I know we want to kind of wrap it up here. We yeah. did say we were going to stop around 8 o'clock. Um, cause we're going to do just cause we are going to do another episode this week. Um, that's why we're doing a shorter one tonight. And then we have the, you know, later one, probably Thursday is the plan. Right. And I will you'll get into those details, Ross, but there is one thing, one other item that I did want to address, um, because there has been a lot of talk on Twitter and not just from Philadelphia fans. I want to make, I want to make a, make it clear that this, a lot of this came from St. Louis. A lot of this came from Canada when us talking about, Look, Twitter went nuts for me over the past few few days, okay? And when the deal finally gets announced today, there were a lot of people from around North America who were saying that the reason that this deal broke up and didn't happen was because of leaks that got out early. And us reporting those things damaged the the possibility of this deal getting done and that reporters should just shut up, not say anything, and just let the deal happen and then report on it. Everybody's worried about who's first and who's who's not. I have zero interest in being first person to report. I don't care. I've been around long enough. 
I think that I, I think that people know who I am and know what I do. I don't need to be the first person to report something. Okay. What I want to do and what my approach to this is, is that I want to be the guy who's able to pull back that curtain for you and give you things as they're going along, kind of tell the story as it's happening. Right. It used to be before social media that we would get all that information and write it in a story in the next day's newspaper. OK, but to, the way it is today, we can we have the ability to give you those pieces of information as they come out. OK, it's not always going to be the full deal right away. Here's what we're hearing. People want to know. I can't tell you how many times I get asked, hey, you hearing anything about a, a trade with the Flyers? Hey, you hearing anything? Yes, I hear things. And here, when I have something that I can tell you, I'm going to tell you. That's what my job is. That's what I'm paid to do. So that's why it gets leaked out. I, I do not think in any way, shape, or form that us, me, and any other writer that, that wrote about it, there were national guys that did it, there were a couple of local people did it that were talking about it, none of us impacted this decision, that impacted this trade. What came down to was Tory Krug didn't want to waive his no trade clause. A deal was in place, and that was it. We had no negative impact on this. And and if people understood how it works, okay, I keep hearing, hearing, well, you know, in the NBA, in the NBA, you don't hear about the processes and how that happens. And, you know, Woj just puts out the trade when it happens and that's it. Woj is a national reporter. Okay. And what I, with these guys, I like to call them information traders. We have them in the NHL. Woj is the guy in the NBA. Okay. There's some guys in baseball, a couple guys in baseball. What they are is guys who are saying, hey, I'm willing to give you information that I heard from talking to somebody in this city if you tell me what's going on with your team and then vice versa. And you know, so that they, it's, they're not really doing the work that you know somebody like me or, or another local reporter might do where we're, we are singularly focused on one team and talking to people who we've created relationships with to find out what's going on with that particular team it's it's they are they are sharing in in a lot of ways it's kind of mm -hmm. crappy right like one one team is telling this guy hey here's what i'm hearing or here's what we're doing what are you hearing from about the another team and then they're basically taking the the, the secret that you gave them and passing it on to other teams it's it's kind of but that's how they operate. We do it a lot differently on the local level. So that's why it's that's why it's it's silly to suggest that what we're doing is is so detrimental. This is what we do. And finally, as far as the leaks, this did not leak from Philadelphia. There was a lot of talk with people in Philadelphia once it leaked. It leaked from St. Louis. Okay? This trade leaked out of St. Louis. And a lot of what was being told to us on Saturday was coming from St. Louis. I was having conversations with people tied to the St. Louis Blues and the St. Louis Blues players more than I was having conversations with people tied to the Philadelphia Flyers. That needs to be understood and that needs to be known. This is not Keith Jones and Danny Briere being an inexperienced front office leaking stuff to their people that they know the best. That's not what this was at all. So just understand that, that we operate a little bit differently and, and, and our jobs are a little bit different, but I'm paid 
to give you information that I hear. And I'm not going to put anything out that is not true, that I have not been told. If it's something that's speculative, I have always said, this is speculation. Or this is just a rumor. It didn't really come from somebody who's official. But it's something that I'm hearing. There's a little bit of smoke. You get that sometimes. And I will say that. I will never say this is what's happening. This is what's going on unless I've gotten it officially from somebody who's in, involved and engaged in what's happening. And so that's – and I hope that people can – you know, that are listening and following along appreciate that that's how it happens. I'm not saying appreciate me. I'm just doing my job. I'm saying appreciate the process is, is how it happens, Okay. It's not us trying to be first. It's nobody. I'm not rushing out there to say, oh, look at me. I mean, I've been doing this for how long now? I was covering Bundy when he was a player. That tells you how old I am, right? It tells you how long I've been doing this job. So it's really not just, it's really not for, you know, I want to get this out first. I want you guys to know what the process is and how it's going along. And I think that that's kind of cool. That we You're not the problem, that. though. That's all. I appreciate the work you put in, Anthony. There's already been a few trades today, too. I don't want to get into it as we're going to wrap it up. But Dubois out of Winnipeg, off to L.A. Yeah. To Foley. And then yeah. uh, Tyler to, to Jersey. Yep. The Devils. Uh, yep. Third rounder and a pick, too. So some action going around. Some veterans moving around. Um, we'll talk about it more as the draft approaches the weekend, I guess. Rob Ski wants us to create a, uh, a new segment, Rant by Ant. Um, It'd be better than Rant by Russ. There. <laughs> Jeff Miller says I have a big forehead. <laughs> Not the only thing. It's not the only thing. That's that's mean. My brain. My brain. Really quick. <laughs> he's got four kids for a reason. It's because he's smart. Um, anyway, yeah. really quick. You're not the problem. Okay? You're not. Thanks. You're bud. not the problem. There are people who are a problem. There are people locally who are a problem, and there are people who are national or who are in different markets who are problems. You've been on top of things. Your boy, Anthony DeMarco, has been on top of some things. We've got Friedman kind of putting his stuff out. We've got Drigger and we've got Weeks doing their thing. Strickland out of St. Louis doing his thing. Saravali. Saravali. But the people who yeah. are the problem are the people who have not gotten anything right and like to try to bullshit their way into these things. That's where the problem is. Because right about that. there are people right about that. who will take something that you put out and take something that like a DeMarco puts out and something that a Pagnata is a pen. Is it, pa, is it Pagnota, right? Pagnata. Italian Pagnotta. GN. Okay. Anyway, they'll take something that he puts out and they try to fuse those things together. They go on to Facebook groups and then they start putting together little graphics that make it look like they're on top of something. That's the problem. Okay. Yeah. No, I, so before, they are, that is right. You're I right about anybody that. else send me a DM feeling that they're getting, you know, slighted or some bullshit. I'm going to be very clear. There is a hierarchy at this point. There are some people who have done a good job locally and in other markets, but there are people who are flat out bullshit merchants. They are snake oil salesmen and they're putting these things together, trying to glom on and grow their social following. And those people are the problem. That's fair. All right. That's fair. But I would just say, yeah, as long as you, as long as people know who's that's the who problem, and who's though, not Ant, is that, I think it's okay. and and you can you can complain about the way that like Twitter's changed and everything with verification. The thing is that you get enough people who build enough of a following who start selling and peddling this crap 
And all of a sudden it does cause problems. And I'm as big of a pro wrestling fan as it gets. That's what they call the dirt sheets. It's all of the, the conjecture and the rumors and a lot of it's unfounded. You can't do that in professional sports. And if you're one of those people and you're watching, you're listening, stop doing it. All right, that's it. Um, right. Yep, here we go, guys. So as as we've, uh, go God the bless you. Uh, as we've been, you know, touting for a while now, uh, you can follow Snow the Goalie wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Amazon Music. But the big thing, is the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash at Snow the Goalie. We are now well over a thousand subscribers. On this show alone, if you watched at any point during this show, I want you to know you weren't alone. At the beginning, we had 250 people. Then it got up to 500. We got up to 600 once or twice across all platforms. You were part of it. If you're not already subscribed to the YouTube channel, please go over and subscribe to the Snow the Goalie YouTube channel. Ring the bell so that you never miss when we go live with a show or we put up a clip. I will warn you that at some point, and I'll let you know this in advance so you can turn off the notifications. When I start doing the mass upload of old episodes, I don't want your phone to like fall off the desk from all the vibrating, right? But that will be happening at some point. Subscribe to the show. Hit the bell. You'll be notified anytime we have a new show. A big thank you to everybody who tuned in live for this one. We gave you less than an hour's notice that we were going to do it, and yet here we are. So um, really cool stuff. Big thank you to all of you. We will be back in probably two days with a new episode. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, that means Thursday. We're going to sit back. We're going to watch how the draft plays out. If there is a blockbuster trade, and I mean like something that just rocks our socks off, then maybe we'll talk about something during the draft. But likely it'll be Thursday, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon. We'll do a show. Whether it'll be live streamed or pre-recorded, yet to be determined. But we will have a new show to talk about the first round of the draft any trades that have been made and all that. So a big thank you to everybody who tuned in. Make sure you follow Bundy on Twitter at Cetarian6. Follow Anthony at AntSanPhilly. Follow me at Joy on Broad. You can find us on YouTube at SnowTheGoalie, Twitter at SnowTheGoalie, Instagram at SnowTheGoalie, Facebook.com slash SnowTheGoalie, and also on TikTok at SnowTheGoalie. So for Bundy, for Ant, I'm Russ. Let's see what Danny Briere does in his first draft. Will he be bold? Will he be fueled by Philly? We'll find out, and we'll talk to you very soon. Have a great night, everybody.